Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you're listening to the special segment of Charlie's Corner, hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. Welcome back, Joey. Let's jump straight into the discussion of the customer experience. Well, that's a good segue into getting you to define, number one, what the customer experience is, and then to briefly talk about the eight phases of the customer experience. Absolutely. Well, the problem, as I see it, Charlie, is customer experience is often interchanged with the phrase customer service. People use the words thinking they mean the same thing. I think they actually mean two very different things. Customer service is the assistance or the advice that's provided by a company to people who buy or use its products or services. Customer experience is how customers perceive their interactions with your company. So while service is more of a reactive state, oh, something's gone wrong, or oh, I need an explanation, or oh, I need to file a claim, customer experience is more of a proactive activity. Oh, how do I feel? What do I think about this person? How comforted and comfortable am I with the relationship? So when we think about the umbrella that is customer experience, it covers every interaction that we have with a customer, planned and unplanned online and offline, you know, in person and via email or via technology tool, right? So we, it gives us kind of an umbrella to operate in. Now you asked about the eight phases of the customer journey. I believe that there are eight steps that every customer has the potential to go through, but won't go through unless you hold their hand and navigate them from one to the next. Now, what I'd love to do, Charlie, is I'm going to fire hose this version because there's eight of them. They all start with the letter A, all right, with the idea being that if you get all of them right, it's like getting straight A's on your report card. You're doing really good. Your customer's thrilled with you, all right? They all start with A. I'll go through each one, and then we can dive into any you'd like to go into further. The first one, phase one, is the assess phase. This is when a prospective customer is considering whether or not they want to do business with you. Okay. In common parlance, this is your marketing and sales. Okay. This is the stuff that uh, Marcus Sheridan and Ian Altman, who I know have been a former guest on the podcast, can help you with, right? This is figuring out how to get someone's attention, how to get them to consider you, and how to get them to make the decision to make a purchase which takes us to phase two, the admit phase. This is day one of the first 100 days. You know, we talk about how quickly customers leave. This is when the clock starts at the admit phase, day one. This is when a prospect acknowledges that they have a problem or a need that they believe you can help them with. They sign on the dotted line. They hand over their hard-earned cash. They formally begin a relationship with you as they transition from prospect to customer. Now, almost as quickly as you leave the room, whether that's the living room or hang up the phone, they go to phase three, the affirm phase, where they begin to doubt the decision that they just made. In common parlance, we refer to this as buyer's remorse. All the research shows that every sale produces some amount of buyer's remorse in the brain as the dopamine excitement of getting the new relationship started begins to fade and those feelings of joy and excitement and euphoria are replaced by feelings of doubt and uncertainty. Pro tip, the higher the bill, the greater the buyer's remorse. So when you write a bigger policy, the danger is actually greater. 
We then go to phase four, the activate phase. This is the first real moment of truth, okay? Now, insurance, there's always the question, well, Joey, where does the activate phase apply here? Because what's the real moment of truth? Is it when I make a claim? Well, if that's the case, it may be years before we get to the activate phase. No, I think the activate phase is that formal beginning when you let the customer know you're fully covered, your policy is in place you are protected, you are safe. This is the first real moment of truth. And in this moment, we wanna energize the relationship. We wanna let the customer know that doing business with us is unlike any business experience they've ever had, let alone in the insurance industry. I mean, any in experience they've ever had in their life in any category. We wanna set ourselves apart to really activate this in a beautiful way. We then come to phase five, the acclimate phase, okay? Pro tip, this is where most businesses start to fall off the rails. This is the quiet period between when they've signed up and their policies in effect and maybe that 10, 11 month later when you're going to come and have a renewal conversation, right? During the acclimate period, you need to help the customer get familiar with your way of doing business. Now, some people might be saying, but Joey, there's nothing to do. They're signed up. They've done their paperwork. We're good to go. Well, what kind of communications are you having with them to let them know how things do operate? Maybe it would be worth exploring, and this is, I know, a novel concept for many insurance agents, but what about going through a mock claim proceeding with them to show them how to file a claim so that when they actually have a situation, they're not thinking, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? What about doing it when we've avoided the emotional stakes of an actual claim scenario and we actually can walk them through the process or show them how easy it would be? something to consider. In that acclimate phase, you want to hold their hand and help them acclimate to your way of doing business. We then come to phase six, the accomplish phase. This is when the customer achieves the goal they had when they originally decided to do business with you. Now, here's the kicker. Most insurance agents, they believe that the accomplish phase is that the customer now feels that they're protected. They have coverage. They, they got their policy. So they've accomplished their goal. No, 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 friends. The reality is most people, when they get signed up for insurance, their definition of the accomplished phase is when I find myself in a claim type scenario, is my claim going to be processed effectively and efficiently? And am I going to get the kind of compensation or payout that I need to be able to continue my life going forward? The real freight train for insurance agents is it may be years before you actually hit the accomplished phase. So what you want to do is make sure you're defining what the accomplished phase is and maybe figuring out mini milestones along the way that allow your customers to feel that sense of accomplishment. We then come to phase seven, the adopt phase, when the customer becomes loyal to you and only you. Think of this as them basically being committed. They're not going to look at other agents. They're not going to look at other carriers. They're going to take your advice. They see you truly as a trusted advisor. And then we come to phase eight, the advocate phase, when the customer becomes a raving fan singing your praises far and wide. This is when they're making referrals. This is when they're re-upping for new policies. This is when they're bringing friends and family alike to come and do business with you. This is the holy grail that everybody's striving for. The problem is most agents want to go from phase one to phase eight in about a week and a half. <laughs> they don't want to go through this stuff. We get all the policies signed up and yeah, they're like, hey, so uh, now that you've got your policies set up, uh, could you introduce me to your neighbor down the road? Or what about your brother? What about your cousin? Let me get some other policies writing here. And it's like, friends, you got to go through all eight phases. You can't just immediately jump to the referral advocate phase and expect anything to happen. Because most of the agents I talk to, when they go and they ask for referrals, they don't actually get as many as they're hoping to. 
And yet I haven't met an agent on the planet yet who said, Joey, I'm good. I don't want any more referrals. No more referrals for me. I'm all set. The problem is we either don't ask, we ask it the wrong way, or we ask at the wrong time. That's why most agents don't get referrals or at least as many referrals as they would like. In that acclimate phase, is that would that be the, the area where you think the most work needs to be done from an agency standpoint? Sweeping stereotype approaching, Charlie. But in my experience, the two phases that cause the biggest issues in the insurance industry are the affirm phase, that buyer's remorse, where what we do to address that is nothing. We're just quiet. We don't even acknowledge that they might be doubting it. And we presume, well, it'll all sort itself out because they're going to start getting paperwork. They're going to start getting policy coverage example, you know, documentation. They're going to feel great when they get the welcome kit. No, they're not. Did you feel great when you looked at the welcome kit? Probably not. What would you have to do to put in the welcome kit to actually make it a remarkable experience? So that affirm stage and to your point, the acclimate stage, you're absolutely right. And the problem is in the typical acclimate stage, we've decided to let somebody else handle the acclimating. We've handed it off to a team member. We've handed it off to our support crew. Here's the challenge with that. I'm not saying you don't have good support people, although some of you listening are going, yeah, I can see why that would be bad because they're not as good as me. That's a whole separate conversation on employee experience and hiring better teams. But if you feel that your support team truly is superlative, they are exemplary, they are amazing, how is your customer supposed to know that? They never met these people. You didn't bring them to the meetings. They haven't sat in on any of the phone calls. Suddenly just get introduced one day and it's like, Sally, we'll be taking care of you from now on. Good luck. I fell in love with Charlie. I didn't fall in love with Sally. I expected Charlie to be taking care of things. And now Sally's going to be taking care of things. Wait a second. It's not that Sally's a bad person. It's that we're two or three dates in and you've introduced me to someone new that's supposed to manage the dating relationship we have going forward. Because you see it with a lot of agents and brokers, you know, the you have the producer that's making the sale. And then after that sale's complete, they'll meet with the customer and say, well, here's the card. This is the person you contact for your day-to-day needs. And, and part of the problem is that that person may be very good, but they may not necessarily know all the issues you're solving for that customer or have committed to solve for that customer, that may never be relayed to that person. Absolutely. And here's the crazy thing, Charlie, um, and I appreciate your uh, your disclaimer of it may not be related to that person. Let's. Uh, I'll speak a little more bluntly. It is highly unlikely that it's going to be related to that person. Why? Well, I can take it. Let's pretend that you're the agent and Sally, in our example, is the support person. And you and Sally both come to a meeting with me where I'm explaining what I'm dealing with and what my issues are and what I'm hoping. And I'm hearing promises from you and do to do. And you leave that meeting. When you and Sally talk about what were the biggest things that mattered to Joey, what were the things he wanted to do? What are the things that were most important to him? Do a little experiment. Go do that. You'll find that you and Sally have different answers. Even if you were both in the same room, even if you were both taking the same notes, paying attention to the exact same conversation. How do I know this? Why well, used to be a criminal defense lawyer? This is witness statements. You get witness statements of five people who saw a car accident. You will get five completely different stories as to what happened. This is the human condition. So imagine how that situation is exacerbated 
when Sally isn't even invited to the meeting. When Sally doesn't have anything other than your notes in the CRM, and let's be candid, if you're an old school agent, you don't believe in these high-fit-angled CRMs. You just have your way of doing business. Don't <laughs> tell me how to put my stuff in a system. Don't tell me my business. Or if you're a, hot, a top performer, you're like, I don't have time to be writing all this stuff down. I got to go close some new clients. I'm keeping it all in my head. So we've got behaviors that are happening organizationally that are actually proving the point of the customer not feeling that their messaging is being handed off. You know, here's the thing. It's like the Olympics. Have you ever watched in the Olympics track and field, the relay races where they hand off the baton? Yes. And what happens if they drop the baton? Well, if you haven't, what happens when the baton is dropped in the Olympics is you're disqualified. You can't stop and pick the baton up and keep running. You can't apologize and have a little meeting and take them to dinner and everything's good. And we've got the baton and rock. You're disqualified. That's how the typical customer feels about a handoff to someone new in your organization. If it's not smooth, if it's not effective, if they don't feel caught by that other person in the same way that the baton feels caught into the hand of the new person who's responsible for it, they fall on the ground. And in their mind, they have disqualified you from doing business in the future. And remember how this all happens in the first 100 days? Oh, yeah. When's the handoff in your business? My gut instinct is it's actually in the first 30 days in the typical listener's business. So the moral of the story is this acclimate phase, this handoff needs to be much more conscious. It needs to be about ensuring that the person feels heard, taken care of, and that all the things they told you have not only been transmitted to the new person who's going to be responsible for managing the relationship, but that that person has taken it to the next level, that they have an even deeper understanding than the sales agent did. How many opportunities does a an agency have to recover when they screw up for lack of better terms? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great question, Charlie. You know, here's the thing. Um, I liken this stuff to what the doctors tell me about broken bones. Okay. I'm not a medical professional. This is, nor do I play one on TV. So this is not medical advice, but it's my understanding that when a bone breaks in the human body, and it heals. As a general rule, if it's set properly and it's given the proper time to heal, it actually comes back even stronger than it was before. See, most businesses are afraid that if we've made a mistake, all bets are off. All hope is lost. We can't get back to where we were. The reality is if you handle a mistake properly, you can turn your mistakes into your marketing. My buddy Clay Hebert and I have a presentation that we give that's uh, called Carpe Defect, how to seize the mistakes, how to take the mistakes and turn them into something positive. And the whole premise behind this idea is when something goes wrong, it actually gives you the opportunity to show that customer how you'll fix a problem, how you'll handle the crisis situation. And in many situations, those relationships that have been tested in the fire have actually been forged to be stronger than they were prior to that. Let's put it this way. There are several businesses I know that build into their process minor hiccups that they then can fix to strengthen the relationship. Now, I'm not suggesting that anybody listening should do that, but what I am saying is we shouldn't run away and think that a bad situation is unrecoverable. If you bring the right energy and the right attitude and the right emphasis to it, you can actually make that relationship even better. Well, Joey, we're running out of time. So uh, what's your parting thought? 
Oh, uh, my parting thought would be this. Uh, let, let's give a parting general thought and a parting tactic that I think can really move the dial in your business here this year. So the parting thought is it really does come down to the H to H model, the human to human connection. I know that everybody who's listening is busy. I know you've got a thousand things on your plate. I know that you're trying to hit quarterly goals and annual goals. I know you're trying to keep your lights on. I know you're trying to keep your business driving forward. I know you're responding to claims and you're dealing with all kinds of issues. I would love it if, and here's the tactic, you started to carve out a little time every week for customer love. And here's what I mean by that. Looking at your existing customer base, not your prospects. That's a separate meeting. It's a separate time. It's a separate appointment on your calendar. I'm talking about a block of, let's say, an hour on your calendar every week, or if you can't do an hour, a half hour, where you focus on showing the love to your existing customers. That could be writing a handwritten thank you note. That could be shooting a little selfie video on your phone and texting it to them. That could be dropping something by at their home or at their office. That's just a little gift or a little present that says, hey, I was thinking of you. I saw this and it made me think of you. And by the way, it should not be a mug with your logo on it or a pen with your logo on it. That's not a gift or a present. That's a tchotchke. It's a marketing tool. It's promotional swag. I'm not opposed to those, but let's stop pretending that they're gifts. Drop off a little something that says, I was thinking about you, even though you don't have a claim. I was thinking about you, even though it's not time for renewal. Let them see that you actually do care and that you care all the time, not just in the times where we've got high stress or high intensity. If you do that for a month, just a month of you know half hour, an hour a week, you'll start to see things change just in a month. If you do it for a year, it'll change how you approach your business for the rest of your life. And if you get everybody in your organization to do it, it will change your industry. That's what's possible and available if you're willing to give it a try. Thank you, Joey. This has been great. Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for listening. Good luck getting out there and creating remarkable experiences in the first 100 days and beyond. I know you've got it in you. I know the folks that listen to this podcast are the kind of people who can help take insurance to the next level, who can help take the relationships between agents and insured to the next level. And I so appreciate your time listening and your kind invitation to have me on the show, Charlie. Thanks again, Joey. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner, brought to you by Iroquois Group. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.